Let's kick off today's show. What is up? What is up? What is up, loyal members of the Wrestle Talk family? Your boy, the Night Owl, is in the house for episode 352 of the Wrestle Talk podcast. Pleasure, pleasure, pleasure for those of you who are able to make it during the live broadcast. And if you end up watching us on the replay, we love you just the same. For tonight's episode, ladies and gentlemen, I am excited to be joined by a man who hails from that dirty, dirty East Coast, a guy who's been to more wrestling shows than you and I probably in 2021. That's right, things are about to get real nasty and rugged as we welcome in our co-host for the evening, the one and only Hardcore House. That's right. What's going on, big man? How you feeling tonight, poppy? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Night out. How are you doing tonight yourself? Man, I am feeling fantastic, sir. The technical issues are almost 100% under control, bro. And you know what makes me happy? That we have not given up. The production continues to improve. And big thanks to you. And thanks, big thanks to our boys over at False Can't Anywhere, a.k.a. Uh, Rick Ruby, Dave Ruby. You guys know him. You guys love him. He helps us. As we progress in trying to get our production game up to snuff. So huge thanks to him and huge thanks to you guys for being here for episode 352. John, I got to ask you before we go any further, what the hell are you sipping on tonight, brother? I'm just sipping on a ice water uh, thing. Lemonade ice water. Ice water, setting a good example for the kids, man. I got to say, I absolutely love that. Well, we're going to go ahead and give something a try, bro. I got my drop deal going. So I'm going to see if I can play the intro. Are you cool with that? A lot of people haven't heard the intro yet. You good with that? I'm good with that. Let's see what happens. All right, guys. I've got my second computer hooked up. I got the uh, the jingle palette going. Let's see if you guys can hear the introduction uh, just like we will. Let's go ahead and hit it. Good evening, wrestling fan. No, no, that's not going to work. <laughs> Dang it, John. Save me here, bro, because I'm working through my production issues. Let me see what you got. Good evening, wrestling fans, and welcome to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. For the next two hours, we will bring you the latest pro wrestling news, in-depth analysis of all your favorite promotions from across the globe, and much, much more. We will also bring you exclusive interviews with the greatest professional wrestling personalities on the local, national, and international levels. If you want to follow the Wrestle Talk podcast, check us out online at www.wrestletalkpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. And now, all right, JP. As always, a job well done. Love it. Love it, brother. Well, hey, so here's what I'm going to do right now. Um, I'm going to actually have to use a separate device 
to be able to hear the audio back. Because I know you can hear me perfect. I'm having a hard time hearing you. So I'm actually going to jump in here and um, enter studio. And I should be able to hear everything perfectly. JP, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, excellent. Excellent work. Let me do this. Okay, there we go. So the progression is progressing. It's just progressively improving, not immediately improving. (laughs) But anyway, here's the beauty. I figured that if that didn't work, that there was going to be a workaround. And I said, I've got to have a workaround in place. So, you know. And and I do have another. (laughs) That's how I feel right now. (laughs) I do have another little surprise for you since last week there, Night Owl. Okay, what do you got? Yes! <laughs> you know what? That deserves a cold cerveza out of a Wrestle Talk podcast mug. JP, why don't you do us a favor, man, and shout out our beloved sponsors, bro. And I miss that, by the way. The Mexican Yell has been a staple of the show for a long time. And the fact that you brought it back, bro, you just... uh. I don't know, you just cheered me up, man. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. You're welcome there, Night Out. Yeah, so we couldn't be doing this without our great sponsors. We'd like to thank all of our great sponsors. And actually, you can see them scrolling across the bottom of the screen there because we did set up a thing where our sponsors can be seen more than what they were. So our great sponsors would be Everything Combat, Ken Cade, Esports Bar Kansas City, Interstate 70 Sports Media, Royal Mills Transportation, Painter Dream Productions, Rathbun Engraving, where you can get yourself one of your very own Wrestle Talk podcast mugs. Just uh, hit up Night Owl or myself or Joe, any of us, and we'll get you taken care of. Our newest sponsor, Me Fiesta. Yeah, let me let me jump in here on that one. So it's Me Fiesta Case. No, Me Fiesta Rentals KC on all your social media platforms boom all right and then of course as always the premier fantasy wrestling group the fwwc so some well, wonderful sponsors and we could not be on the on this platform without them you know so we de- we really thank them for everything they do well yeah and we wouldn't be able to take these jumps technologically even though they may seem minimal from time to time without that support financial and otherwise so thank you for the uh, to all the uh, sponsors for having our backs and of course as always thank you to all the members of the wrestle talk family shelly Susie, aaron anthony and yeah i think that's it so thank you guys for uh, for being here and thank you guys for sharing this broadcast jp before we go any further we do have to honor well you already know don't you it's 4th of July this upcoming weekend, so with extra vigor, ladies and gentlemen, join me in removing my cap as we pay homage to the greatest country on God's green earth. That's America, damn it. Oh, the land of the free. 
<laughs> yeah, baby. Good old Carl Lewis. You know what to say, right, John? Brings tear to my eye every time. I every single time. Well, guys, um, I did want to say that we know that this is a really, really busy time of the year. So please, if you have the opportunity, go out and support your local independent promotion the way that myself, John, and all the other members of Wrestle Talk are trying to do. You know, Jeremy Carp, he's got his little fingers all over this NWA show that's coming up. Uh, I know you guys have been killing it out east. You know, you've got on some amazing guests. And then here in Kansas City, we've got Journey Pro. Uh, we've got Dynamic Wrestling Federation that's starting up. We got KCXW going strong. So wherever you are, all over the world, we've been heard in over 40 countries up to this day. Make sure you support your local independent promotion. With that said, JP, you know what time it is, baby. We're going to talk some wrestling. If you want to join us, make sure you shoot us a DM. We'll send you a link, and you can join us right here on episode 352. So go ahead and do the honor, sir, and hit tonight's introduction to the wrestle talk podcast high spot segment my check my check yeah all right all right wrestle talk podcast dj money yeah let's go Welcome to high spots, where we pop news like bear chops, we talk shop, coming through the screen to the laptop, and non-stop like I wanna speak to the black top. We hit hard like get shots and back drops, on the clock flash, we like the belly flop, now that's hard. We got the scene while they stay slow, wrestle talk podcasts, now they know, we are about to start the show, uh. All right, JP, here we go. Michael, thank you for being here. Minnesota in the house. What is up, brother? Glad to see you're doing good. Thank you for the support, and it's always great to have you back. Well, JP, there's a lot going on in the world of professional wrestling, and I wanted to talk about something. Yes, it's WWE-related, but something that I've been pleasantly surprised by. It's two things. You tell me if you love them or you hate them. The first thing I want to discuss is this tag team storyline with Tamina, and Natalia, as women tag team champions, these are two women that a lot of people have argued have been underserved by WWE in their writing. Right now, they're getting their time in the sun. Do you think they're making the most of it? And do you like the dynamic of two relatives of wrestling legends teaming up and working together to be tag team champions? And I may remind those who didn't get a chance to see Raw or maybe forgot... They actually worked together with Charlotte. So you had three descendants of wrestling legends on a team competing on Monday Night Raw, which I thought was awesome. I thought you might think it was awesome, but we won't know till you tell us, JP. What do you think of Tamina and Natalia as women's tag team champions? Oh, yeah, I think it's I think it really is awesome. You know, I think that uh, in a way it kind of shows homage to the past you know, with their, you know, with, with them being relatives of former wrestlers and everything. So I, I think it's a good way to honor the uh, past and really push forwards to the future all at the same time. So, you know, the, the way I look at it is people are always complaining about people not getting just, they're just due. 
So they'll push and push and push until the person gets that opportunity, and then the reaction thereforth is kind of ho-hum. Do you think the fans are really appreciating this as much as you would think they should, or are they not? I think from the fans, it's probably a mixed reaction. Okay. I think some of them are are really on board with it and liking it, and I think others are just like, eh, whatever. Right. Well, I think it's cool. As you guys know, Tamina is Jimmy Schnooka's daughter, and, of course, Natalia, the niece of uh, Bret Hart and, you know, her father, who's also passed, uh, who recently passed away, is also a pro wrestling legend. So I thought that was pretty cool. The other thing was this deal with Riddle. Riddle competing on behalf of Randy Orton, winning that, like, over-the-top deal, fighting at the end or near the end of the show, and then inevitably losing now Drew McIntyre's The Money in the Bank. How do you feel about Riddle, bro? Is it corny or is it good? Yeah, when they first came out with this uh, with this tag team, I kind of looked at it and was like, uh, what are they doing? Yeah, because it just didn't make sense. But the more they show it, the more I'm getting into it. I'm actually liking the uh, the tag team combination between him and Orton. I'm not so sure on him thinking he's Randy Orton. Yeah, yeah, that, that was a little weird. <laughs> that just harnessing his work. inner viper. <laughs> yeah, that that to me just didn't work very well. But other than that, I I kind of like this tag team between the two of them. It, it's been kind of interesting and i'm looking forward to see where it goes from here yeah same here well i also wanted to bring up two things that i'm not a real big fan of um right now this whole nikki cross i'm trying to be a superhero don't call me a superhero i'm almost a superhero i'm kind of confused by it and i wish that they would I hate to say they should go backwards but i really loved when she first came out with sanity she was really crazy. She would scream. She would, like, scratch her eyeballs out. And it's such a contrast to what we see now that it just doesn't sit well with me. How, how are you feeling about this uh, deal with Nikki Cross? Yeah, I, I agree with you there as well. You know, I like the old Nikki better. It just, uh, I don't think this one really fits her quite as well. And uh, I think they should go back to the way she used to be. So it feels forced. Yeah. Yeah, I would have to say so that as well. And and the last thing that's not really sitting well with me here during the high spot segment is every single week without fail, there's some sort of headline. Um insert name. AWE wrestler shoots on WWE. Every single week, insert name. After the show, Eddie Kingston shoots on. I'm like, if y'all really ain't trying to be like them, why are you always talking about them? I think AEW has carved out their own lane. I think they're doing a great job. And they don't need to inference WWE all the time. I think it's actually starting to hurt them. The rub that they were getting initially from it, I think, is now making them look a little sophomore-ish. If I could say it that way, yeah, a little sophomoreish to me. What do you think, John? Yeah, I I think it's ridiculous uh, to keep that thing going. I mean, to me, the more that they're mentioning AEW, the more they're putting them out there, 
And the more they put them out there, the more people are going to say, well, if they got to talk about them so much, what's going on over there? And they're going to go check them out. Yeah, I agree. So and I, vice I versa. And yeah, vice versa. I think it's helping AEW more than it is hurting them by WWE uh, talking about them. And like I say, vice versa, I think it helps WWE. So if they truly don't want to help each other, they need to leave them alone. <laughs> Yeah, I absolutely agree because they've both got their hands full because both fan bases are extremely demanding. Now, I think AEW's fan base is a little bit more forgiving, but, bro, they are very demanding because they are so... They're just lukewarm on everything WWE has done for so many years that they're wanting to be amazed every single week. And from a booker's perspective, that's got to be almost a nightmare to expect for like every show literally to be better than the last. That is unrealistic, and I don't envy either of them, either company, because trying to meet those expectations on a weekly basis makes you do crazy things like hire writers that have never even heard of the wrestlers that they're supposed to be writing for. So <laughs> that sort of thing. I'm sure you heard that story. Oh, yeah. I mean, it. It really is, and uh, wrestling fans in general are just demanding, and no matter what uh, what one they watch, I mean, even in the indies, I-, I think the fans just tend to be demanding, and they always, they'll watch a match and say, okay, now next, next time I want to see it, I want to see better, I want to see bigger, and, you know, it's just, there's only so much you can do. Dude, and I could not agree anymore with that. It is is very very difficult to keep a fa- fan base like that happy all the time. Yeah. So I'm curious on your end, do you have any topics in pro wrestling, WWE related or not, that you want to discuss? Anything that's really sticking out to you, either negative or positive? Well, you know, for one thing, uh, congratulations to Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch because. It's been announced now that uh, they are getting married. Excellent. That's a blessing, man. This is good to hear. Good yeah, stuff. Yeah, Rollins announced that today on Instagram that uh, <laughs> him and Lynch will be getting married. So, uh, You know what? I think this feels like a moment to try my drop machine once again. You want to try to see if it works? Sure, go ahead. Let's give it a try. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's still playing off the... <laughs> Oh, you guys can hear that? <laughs> you can hear it, but not how I want you to hear it, damn it. All right, well, good for Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch, bro. What else you got? Uh, let's see. That was the main one that I got there. All right, you know what? I'll, I'll let you look through your notes. I fortunately have another one on deck, and I think this one's going to take on a life of its own. So does anybody remember Alex Riley? Raise your hand if you do. If you would have asked me like six hours ago, I would not have raised my hand. I'm not going to be honest. But if you don't, he is a former NXT superstar from the early years who eventually became a commentator for NXT, and he wasn't horrible. After his commentary time, he made a brief return to in-ring competition and then was eventually released. So... Reporting is eWrestlingNews.com. So he recently made an appearance on Booker T's Hall of, Ma- Hall of Fame podcast. Um, as you guys know, 
Um, there's been a push, I think most recently from Selena Vega and now others saying that they think that wrestlers need to unionize. I'm going to read you his statement and then I want to get feedback from you and the members of the WrestleTalk family. So again, if you guys want to join us, message, uh, Hoss, message me, message the podcast page and we'll send you a link and you can join us as we get ready for our first featured guest of the show, the one on the one and only uh, the headliner, Chris Michaels. So here's the statement. It says, I'm not here to say that I have all everything figured out. I love the business of sports entertainment. I love the people. I really do love it in that vein. They need, and I'll say this, um, in that vein, they need, and I'll say this, the WWE management is fantastic. A little scattered, his words here. Um, they've done so much. It's real. It's the NFL. The thing when I was watching it at home, the WWE compares to the NFL is what he's saying, I guess. And I'm going to speak about WWE because I've never been to AEW. And I hear it's fantastic as well. They compare themselves and are competing with the NFL and the NBA. Those people have unions. That's just the facts of it. The entertainment business in the United States of America is the number one export. We are the United States of America. We are free thinking. We are free believing and we are free speaking. We lead the world in that system when it comes to when it comes to that system, that's why we lead the world in entertainment. It's open thought. Whatever the slang is for it, it's a real thing. And he continues here. He says, and I really feel like uh, art of sports entertainment is one of the most beautiful artistic um, platforms of expression that you could have. I believe that it's going to be, if it isn't already, the future of American programming. So he goes on to say a bunch of nice things about wrestling. Here's what we need to do. He says, first of all, I would give the talent a stronger voice. That's number one. So that just so that goes without saying if things would be more balanced, things would be more balanced. I'm not trying to negate the fact that the person drawing the money at the gate gets the money. You give the star their money. That would make no logical sense. But the people that are supporting the people that are trying to climb and replace that star. It would allow them to get on their feet, give them something to push off of, give them a pay structure and a belief system that allows them to stand on their own two feet and go after the main guy. New stars, right? People that can stand on two feet have a family. So his words are very scattered here. Again, this is just taken from a podcast. Here's what I'm gathering. What he's saying is if we unionize and create some sort of pay scale, it gives guys from from the top of the roster and the bottom of the roster, an opportunity to provide for their families. If you're not having to worry about what you're going to put on the table, it's a lot more easy to focus on your craft. Um, again, this comes on the heel of just a few months ago with Selena Vega, you know, making her case as to why she believes that wrestlers should unionize. I know a lot of industry has done it, especially the bigger corporations. John, what do you think about the idea of wrestlers unionizing? Because here in Kansas City for a short while, they didn't necessarily unionize, but they had like health insurance, full contracts at NWL. And the guys apparently seemed to love it for the most part because they had something they could lean back on and rely on. 
Um, does that create complacency? I don't know. I want to know what you think. You know, I think I could see both sides of it. Uh, I can see that it would be helpful in some ways because, you know, the, the wrestlers and everybody, they would have somebody basically watching their back, somebody that they that could help negotiate things for them. And um, so I think there could be a help there, but I think it could also uh, hinder them. Because at the same time, I think if they started unionizing, there would probably be a cap on what they can make. And it may be, it may be less than what some of them are making now. And, you know, it, I can see downsides to it. And uh, I think it may even hurt the product some because they feel that they could demand more, I think. Yeah. And you know what? I think in every industry, you've got a certain percentage of employees that think they can get away with murder because they've got union representation. And in many cases, employers are forced to keep those employees on much longer than they would like because of legality. So I'm not saying it's always okay for the big corporate werewolf to have all the power, but I think that your negotiating power comes in the brand that you've built whether you're in the WWE or you're coming in, I'll give you an example. A guy like AJ Styles, he, they didn't make him change his name, did they? I don't believe so. Well, that means that he had enough gusto and enough credibility built up before he got there that he could make certain demands of the company that maybe somebody who's brand new and just getting started in the system couldn't. So I guess my point is, I believe in free enterprise. Uh, I believe in people creating their own opportunity. I definitely though see a downside with both because you're going to start talking about a potential off season, which is the case in every other sport. And then like you said, what if there's a cap on how much money guys can make because the guy down here who doesn't want to put in the work has a contract and his salary has to be paid. And even though you're over here working your ass off, you're kind of being weighed down by the guys at the bottom to a certain extent. So I'm looking at it from a business perspective. I know that's a little cold, but this is business and business is very black and white. So I think no matter how you do it, there's going to be a group of people that are going to be extremely happy and then there's going to be the group that's going to end up on the other side of the tracks. So yeah, good way to you, summarize it, I think. And you you mentioned uh, the offseason. And actually, Assad just mentioned that there is no offseason in wrestling. And that is why they want to unionize professional wrestling. Oh, there you go. Well, if I was a professional wrestler, I don't know how I would feel about spending 300 days on the road. Even if you were make pay pay me a six figure salary, like especially if you're like a parent and you know kids, and that's that's tough. That's a tough way to make a living, no question. All right, John. Well, that pretty much brings it to the end of my thoughts during the high spot segment. Again, guys, we are waiting for our first feature guest of the show, but we do have time for you. So if you guys want to participate. Just drop us a comment on the thread. We'll send you the link. 
and you can join us and you can talk about any pro wrestling topic that you might be interested in. Now, as we wait for either our special guest or one of our uh, one of our faithful followers to join us, I did have a question for you pertaining to the FWWC. And for those who don't know, the FWWC is the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion. That's right. Fantasy Wrestling Worldwide Chapter. Lots been going on. Big time pick them just last week, Hardcore Hoss. How do you feel like Infinite, your brand, did at the pick them? Well, you know, we started out by uh, getting a whammy, you know. We got an empty box. So at the beginning, it was like, well, I guess this pick them isn't going to go too well. But I think it ended up uh, going in our favor. I think we came out uh, on the better end of things. And I'm pretty satisfied with the way it went. Uh, it could have been a lot worse. You know, I could have got the boxes infinite got. <laughs> <laughs> Well, talk to I us mean, a little bit about that. What what did uh what did you get? What did they get? Um, I know Inferno got the uh, box where they had to drop a superstar. Woof. Um, and that had to happen immediately. And uh, I got one where there's a cross brand match between myself and Marcus. And uh, what's looking- on the line for that one? Uh, I don't think they said if anything was on the line. Oh, but I know it's it's going to be at uh, SummerSlam, so it'll be a match between myself and Marcus, and uh, that ought to be interesting. You know, I, I've been wanting to get him in the ring for a long time, and he's always seemed to dodge me every time I've tried. So, whoa, 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 whoa. Are you saying Marcus Mayhem is dodging you, sir? Because that's what I think I just heard you say. Hey, he's always seemed to do it. Every time I've challenged him, he has either come up with an excuse that he could not do the match, or he'd agree to the match and then something would get changed down the road and uh, now we're not going to have our match. So it seems he's always weaseled away out of it. So wait, you've never faced Mayhem? I, I have faced him one time that I remember. And how did that go? Uh, I won. Oh, so you have a winning record against your opposing general manager, Marcus Mayhem. So uh, right now, yes. You know, and like I said, I've wanted to get him in the ring for a long time. Ever since we were a tag team and he turned his back on me, I've been ready for him. And I know that doesn't surprise you one bit. Marcus Mayhem is known for that that type of shenanigan. You know this, right? Oh, yes. I know. Very well. <laughs> no doubt. All right. So let's do this. Let's go ahead and bring in our featured guests of the first hour. And I'll tell you what, I'm very excited because we have a lot of new guys that have been coming on the show, you know, guys that have been in the business, you know, three years, five years. This gentleman has been in the business for over 25 years. He's in great shape. He still has a love for the sport, and he's done so well in the business. And there's a lot of ways to to gauge success, to define success. But I think if at the end of your career, if people are writing books about you, you did something worth telling the story about. So, ladies and gentlemen, 
it is both an honor and a pleasure for the Wrestle Talk podcast to welcome in the headliner, Chris Michaels. Hey guys, Amigo, what's, what's that, going man? on, Daddy? Welcome to the show. Uh, a little bit, a little bit of this, and a little bit of that. <laughs> Raising hell everywhere you go, I imagine, huh? I try to. That's good stuff, man. Well, welcome. I am the Night Owl, Renee Martinez, my partner in crime. That's JP up there, Hardcore Hoss. I want to welcome you in for the first time, man. I really appreciate you making time for us. Hey, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's an honor. Well, John, if it's okay with you, I'll go ahead and kick it off so you can get your questions in line. Is oh, that cool? Go ahead. All right. Let's start with a simple question. The headliner. That's hell. That's a hell of an alias. Not everybody can give themselves that because it doesn't make any sense for you to call yourself the headliner if you're the open and match. How were you able to bestow yourself or did somebody else bestow you with the nickname, the headliner? Tell us about it. Well, it's funny. I have no tag team partner by the name of Todd Morton. And All right. um, when we first teamed up is around um, 92, 93. And, um, uh, we, we did the, the Memphis stuff with Jerry Lawler and them uh, down in Memphis. And uh, back then we were called Far Too Wild. And then years later, uh, we're in Music City Wrestling for Burt Prentice. And we teamed up again and we called ourselves the Headliners with an S. Nice. So when uh, we, um, of course, a creative thing uh, made us unhappy, so Todd went his separate ways there. So I just kept the name, the headliners, but, you know, of course, took the S off and just kept using it. Dude, that's badass. So you were able to carry something that was a part of a very important tag team in your career, and you kept it, and you're still rolling with it today. Still rolling with it. Uh, that was You probably- said back in 92, huh? Well, the the when we were the headliners, that's probably 1997, 98 is when we was doing that. So after that, I, I just kept it. Dude, that's badass. Now, as far as where you made your bones, I know you've been all over the place, but what would you call like your hometown or your home state or your home territory? You know, it's funny. I'm from a little town uh, in Kentucky called Franklin, Kentucky. It's right on the Tennessee, Kentucky state line. But um, as in wrestling, if you to me uh, and some may agree or disagree, but if you announce that you're from Kentucky, I've to me, the, the fans expect you to come out and bib overalls and be a hillbilly. So I thought what, <laughs> that's so, fair. I thought, what, what's the, you know, the biggest city closest to me that I could use that doesn't sound so country? And, uh, uh, and of course, that's Nashville, Tennessee, which I'm there a lot anyway. So that, that and, uh, of course, I've wrestled a bunch there for different promotions and in and out of that town, different buildings and venues and stuff. But I've always called Nashville, Tennessee home. Homes. Sweet home, bro. There's nothing like it. I absolutely hear that. So outside of your home territory, where else have you been able to travel? I know you've really uh, done a lot in your 30 years, uh, 25 plus years in the business. Uh, what other big cities, states, and shows have you been able to work throughout your career that stick out? 
Uh, you know, I've probably been to every state uh, there is at one time or another. Wow. Uh, I did a few tours to, to Puerto Rico. Uh, I was pretty fond of and had a great time there. Uh, how, did, how did you manage that? Or how's your Spanish these days, Chris? Man, you know what? I asked him <laughs> down there. I, I had a guy with me who was kind of translating for me. And I say, hey, what, what, what's this in Spanish? What's that in Spanish? And he would tell me, but of course I was drinking and I can't remember it. Ah, cheer, cheers to that. <laughs> yeah. Damn right. I, That's I remember awesome. we were sitting over there. Uh, we were all eating out. And... Um, there's a bunch of us at the table, and of course they're all talking and telling stories, and I'm just listening. And then uh, at one time he busted out laughing. I looked up at him. I said, "Were they talking about me?" And he started laughing. <laughs> he said, "No, no, 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 I'm no, like, man. No. I hope not, because I just laughed right along with him." <laughs> Runs me of that scene in Bloodsport. I don't know if you've ever seen that, where the the sensei takes John Claude Van Damme to that bar. Uh, I think we lost him, JP. I think we lost him. Man, that was getting good. Bro, what a great guest so far. What do you think about the headliner, man? He's killing it. Oh, yeah. I'm enjoying it so far, and, you know, can't wait to get him back in here, man. Well, you know what my next question is going to be? Like, how do you go from being a, a, a small-town kid from the south to traveling all over, um, to out of the country, to traveling around the United States? Like, I wonder if he hadn't become a pro wrestler if he would have ever gotten the opportunity to do that, right? Like, you got to wonder. There he is. He's back. All right, we'll add him back to the stream. Wait for his connection to be good. Oh, there we go. Let's add him back. Ah, he's back. I, oh, sorry. I hit a button. Ah, no worries, bro. No worries. It sounds great. It's coming across pretty damn good. So here was my next question before I throw it over to Hardcore Hoss. So do you believe being a small-town country boy from the South – if it wouldn't have been for professional wrestling, do you think you would have had a chance to go to all 50 states and even outside the country? Do you see yourself doing that kind of traveling if it wasn't for pro wrestling? No, not at all. Um, well, you know, some of my earlier dreams growing up, um, I got a drum set and I was eight years old and uh, I was a self-taught drummer and I won some talent shows in high school and stuff. And, uh, and then I, uh, I also played baseball and I played varsity for high school and stuff. Nice. But, uh, you know, I did want to do something uh, the entertainment field or uh, be an athlete of some kind or whatever. But, uh, uh, you, you know, around here in Franklin, Kentucky, all there is to do is, and that's about what everybody else does, is just there's nothing but factories here. And you just, you know, you live the suburban life, work the factory job, and retire. So you would consider yourself to be a blue-collar guy who got a chance to travel because of professional wrestling. I think that's pretty dope. I just think, you know, a lot of people say, I aspire to do this and do that, and they just that it's too far-fetched that, you know, they can't accomplish it or – you know, they're like, hey, I come from a small town. There's no way I can do that. And nobody, you know, has the guts to chase dreams. You know, I was a little 150-pound soaking wet kid and said, I'm going to be a professional wrestler. So I got laughed at a lot. But, you know, uh, I don't know, being hard-headed or apt to prove everybody wrong, I, I, I followed through with it and kept on with it. And now here I am. 
And here you are in the process of having a book written about you. Well, I don't want to steal all the thunder. My man, JP, why don't you jump in here, man? I, I feel like um, Chris is a kind, of, a kind of guy that you could relate to. Uh, good old country boy, USA all the way. Uh, what kind of questions you got for our guy, the headliner? So how how did you get started in wrestling? What was your influence to, to come into wrestling? Well, growing up, when I was real little, uh, me and my mom watched it as a pastime on Saturday mornings. And, it, of course, it was uh, the Memphis wrestling. And uh, we really got intrigued with it with the old Jerry Lawler, Andy Kaufman angle. And uh, kept up with it. And then when they would have live events uh, and driving range, she would take me to go see those live events. But, you know, and then I got to playing drums and ball and stuff. And, you know, I, I still watched it some, but, you know, never really gave it a thought to pursue it. But uh, when I was 16 years old in a homeroom, uh, this young girl had just moved there. And, uh, and I got to talk to her. I asked her where she's from. She said Texas. She said, uh, my dad's going to open up a wrestling school here in town. I'm like, pro wrestling? She said, yeah. I said, well, I'd like to talk to your dad. And then I went home to mom. I'm like, what odds of a wrestler coming to this little small town? I'm like, this going to be a sign. So I... I went at her dad. His name's Bill Crockett. He was an old wrestler from the 60s and 70s. Wow. And then he met. Yeah. That's awesome. And then he met up. There's another guy who lives here in town uh, by the name of Bruce Spazek. He was pretty hot back in the 70s and early 80s, I think. And uh, uh, he had a connection with that school, too. And uh, I talked to him. I paid my damn pay. And I started right then and there. It was an old wood cabinet shop. Um, it was in the upstairs part of it. Uh, the building don't even exist anymore. But I had a key to it, and we did training on Wednesdays and Sundays. And uh, that that's where I was at after school. Well, that that's pretty incredible, John. like yeah. that, man. Sounds like so many moons ago, and the man's still going strong. And you got to – that's – Major kudos to do anything for that long. What else you got, John? Yeah, and uh, of course, this later this summer, uh, you're supposed to be publishing your autobiography. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, well, the way that came about is, um, I, I was, I, I give all the credit to who brought me into business and all, uh, the wild eyed southern boy, Tracy Smothers. Uh, we were really close, and um, he he had come through the school there in town um, on his way. He had just got signed with WCW, and he was wanting to knock some ring rust off, and he took a liking to me, and he would come up and work out with me. And then once he went to WCW, he stayed in contact with me, kept my number, and he would get me um, indie bookings outside of that, you know, while he was still with WCW. And, um, well, and then, you know, later on in life, um, we ended up having the same attorney and, uh, he said that, 
uh, Tracy had just come out with his own autobiography and he was asking me if I'd read it yet. And I said, no, I haven't got a chance to read it yet. And I just made the joke. I said, boy, could I write a book? And he said, well, he said, I don't think that's too far fetched. I think I can hook you up with that. And it just led from there. Wow. Referencing Tracy Smothers. We got some stories about Tracy, right, John? Oh yeah. <laughs> that's our guy. Rest in peace. So we definitely look forward to uh, the autobiography coming out. Definitely going to check that out. Um, so, and there, there's a lot of, uh, we hear there's a lot of stories about your experience as professional wrestler and the highs and lows and everything. Um, are there any of the stories that you might be able to share with us? Just I mean, one. we don't want to give too, too much of the book away. <laughs> right. Just a teaser. Well, well, speaking of Tracy's mothers, there's a lot in there about him, of course. But I'll tell you one, um, I was on the road with him full time from around 2000 to 2002. And uh, that was probably the busiest time of my career, which I was in OVW at the time. And so I was getting a lot of work with the WWF at that time, too. And then we... Um, so when me and Tracy would hit the road, you know, we were doing okay, but we were staying busy night after night after night. Like sometimes we'd have two, three months without a day off, but you know, we still wasn't making the big time money as the contract guys. So, um, we would hit up a, a Ryan steakhouse or a buffet style type restaurant and, what we would do is we'd wear our jackets and our fanny packs into the restaurant. And once we would finish eating our meal, we would go back to the buffet and fill our plate up with live chicken and stuff. Because we were trying to keep up with the tone, you know, to keep our protein intact. And I'd have to eat out all the time. So we would, we would see such breast or pieces of meat in fanny packs and back before we walk out. <laughs> Loading them in there, Danny. Like a kangaroo pouch. Yeah, we would get out to the car and he said, I got eight. How many you got? I go, I got six. <laughs> and, and, so, and then we'd, we'd put them in our Tupperware containers and, and you know, hit town. Then we'd do the same thing there. Jeez Louise. Hey, you got to do what you got to do to survive. Then, Right. Then we made the joke one day. He said, can you imagine us walking into a restaurant with black trench coats and black sunglasses and saying, hey, we don't want your money. We just want your chicken. And call ourselves a chicken bandit. <laughs> Dude, hey, but that's what you got to do on the road to survive, man. That's like right, guys going yeah. straight dollar menu for a week out there on the road these days. I mean, it's it's changed, but it hasn't, you know. Yeah, trying to eat healthy and keep up with those other guys, you know, that can afford all the protein shakes and all the healthy meals and all that. You know, if we'd have done that, we'd have went, went broke. So we're just trying to think of something we could do to keep our protein intake and, and you know, um, uh, stay eating healthy a little bit uh, without going broke. So we're smuggling chicken. Jeez Louise. Dude, all right. Well, you know what? I know you've got a bunch of stories, and people have to check out the book. I think it's going to be authored by John Cosper. Is that correct? That's correct. All right, cool. So, 
we did have a question from a fan, actually two. Number one, okay. was that your dog barking? So obviously it is. Can you tell us yeah. what kind of dog you got? Because we're dog lovers on this show. I myself have a rescue. We, we talked about this with a deathmatch wrestler a few weeks ago. What kind of dog you got and why? Well, I, I'm outside on the front porch. All right. And I got the headphones on, so I thought it would drown them out. But I've got a German Shepherd and a Boxer having a fit at another boxer across the street. <laughs> so you like the bigger breeds because I'm a pit bull guy myself. Well, the the I'm a boxer fan myself. Okay. But the German Shepherd belongs to the Mrs. Oh, That's her baby. Is he one of those big ones, big tall ones? Yeah, he's black and tan. Not, yeah, not those, the those guys are traditional big. color. And they're super smart. Yeah, uh, she's the protector of all the kids. She follows them around anytime they're in the yard. So when the kids are outside playing, uh, she's basically our built-in babysitter. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, our, our pup is like that, too. She's very, very protective. All right, so I want to jump to another question, uh, which is brought to us by a, a listener as well. So you've had a lot of matches in your career. Can you maybe name drop a little bit some of the people you've had a chance to wrestle? Because I know your list is like bananas, all the people you've had a chance to uh, work against and work with. Right. Um, well, I'm not one for name dropping and all that. I know there's a lot of other veteran guys that, that do that stuff. They name drop all the time and and tell who they was with. But, um, but just to name a few, when I was in – I was uh, doing a lot of work for WCW around 94. Okay. I got to play there working with uh, Steve Austin, um, Vader, Booker T. Uh, I had several matches there with William Regal. Um, uh, WWF, um, of course, uh, Jerry Lawler. I, I've had several matches with him, worked with him a lot. Um, Haku was one uh william regal again there um i've been in the ring with uh terry funk dory funk jr uh greg valentine wow uh that's that's just name a few off top of my head i'm sure there's more but that that's who all comes to mind right this second oh that that's awesome and thank you for sharing that uh with with our listeners uh i was curious though and the big names are are, are great and all that but is there anybody that you've wrestled in your 30-year career that you just felt like, man, this person is destined to be a star? Maybe somebody who didn't quite make it necessarily, quote-unquote, make it, that you felt was just an outstanding worker that was one of your personal favorites? Uh, a couple off the top of my head. Uh, my old partner from OVW and uh, opponent there, was uh, uh, he went by the name of Sexy Sean Casey. Um which we never really had a name in o, a tag name in OVW, but after the fact, um, we called ourselves the Legend Builders since we worked with um, uh, back then. It was uh, Le Brock Lesnar, Shelton Benjamin, Randy Orton, John Cena, and all those guys. Like Kenny Bolin in uh, that whole little group. Yeah, yeah. which it, it they're like, oh, we heard you train those guys. No, we didn't train them. They were, they were training there at OVW, but we would have matches with them on TV and then uh, go out back with Cornette and we critique the match for them to 
help them. Hey, you, you should have done this, should have done that, could have done this, could have done that type thing. That That's how we helped them. We didn't actually, you know, train them like in training school. Right. We had matches with them on TV and then would give them some pointers after the matches. But um, Sexy Sean Casey was one of them. Another guy, um, he did have a lot of success in TNA, but, uh, you know, uh, I thought he could have got his due better there. Or maybe, you know, WWE look at him, uh, you know, when he was in his prime was uh, Chase Stevens. Wow. Well, that, those are some great names. And we're real big on that here on the WrestleTalk podcast. I know there's a lot of shows that will spend the whole two hours, uh, Chris, talking about, you know, main eventers, WWE. But we do things different here. We like to cover, like, the Cauliflower Alley Club guys. Does that make sense when I say it like that? Does, does that make sense? Because yeah. there's, there's, like, this whole wave of talent that the mainstream fan doesn't know about. And that's kind of why we created this show, because we know that there are guys, and you won't say this, but what you did is you were John Cena, Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton, Dave Bautista. You were kind of like their vets. Maybe you didn't necessarily play a hand in directly training them, but if you're working them and then critiquing and they're taking that feedback and doing something with it, that makes you their vet. Am I wrong? Right. Am I speaking out of turn here? Because that's how I see it. No, no. Yeah, you're right. And I get that. And um, I remember I remember vaguely one time I showed up uh, for one of the uh, WWE events in uh, Louisville. That was when they were running uh, Freedom Hall. And um, I saw Randy and a little huddle of the OVW guys huddled together. And I think I had a tank top on or something. And Randy said, uh, wow, Chris, your arms are getting bigger. And I said, I'll never catch up to you guys. And he said, well, that's how I feel about you in the ring. Oh, I'll never never forgot that. Compliments. Right. That's like the biggest compliment ever. Yeah, I've never forgot that. And uh, which the last time I did an extra spot for WWE was, uh, well, I did one in 2018, but I think this is around 2016 or 17. It was when uh, is when uh, Randy came back. I think he'd been gone a while, and he came back, and he started the angle building up for SummerSlam with Brock Lesnar. And uh, I was doing the security gimmick, and we were getting ready to run out, and he picked me out of the lineup and found me and pulled me aside and gave me the big hug and, hey, how you doing, all this. And That's then awesome. Brock, did, Brock did the same thing the next night. It made me feel really good that they remembered me. Well, you talk about guys that are eating the very epicenter of their craft and for them. See, because a lot of a lot of guys like that get a bad rap for not being personal, not being humble or whatever. But I think backstage, when you get that opportunity, I think they tend to show you a little bit different. That's why they have longevity in their careers. Well, I had one last question, John. I, I know you probably have one last question, so why don't you jump in here with your final question? I'll hit them with mine, and then we'll get into the shoot and shout segment. How's that sound? Well, hey, can I throw one more little thing in there? Of Speaking course. about the Brock, Brock and, and uh, Randy thing. Yes. Well, just last year, I had uh, I had shoulder surgery and bicep tendon repair back in June. Now, I didn't do this, but somebody on my behalf, uh, I was out a complete year. Somebody on my behalf set up one of those GoFundMe things. Okay. 
Shelton Benjamin donated $1,000 to that. And wow. that, that That's like, a sign of respect. That, like, floored me. Like, when, when I, uh, I read, my, my son actually showed it to me. He said, look who donated and look how, how much. And when he did that, man, I, I started bawling like a baby. Like, I could not believe that he did that. Wow. And I just wanted I just wanted to throw that out there and which I got his phone number and all and cuz we reached out to him to tell him thank you and it was much appreciated and and all that and um I even texted him and sent him a picture like hey I'm back on track because you helped me out and so forth and um but I had to throw that in there that you know that he did that for me and I, I'll never forget it and I'm truly grateful. Well, man, I'm so glad that you shared that. Again, a lot of these guys get a bad rap for being arrogant, and maybe they don't give you enough time when you pay the 30 bucks to do a meet and greet. But at the end of the day, things like this show me that they're just like us, and then if you catch them in the right moment, they're actually pretty damn good guys. Uh, right. thank, thanks again, Chris. That's good stuff. John, uh, JP, yeah. Hardcore Hoss, what do you got for us, man? Last question, make it count. Well, one question I always like to ask people, is uh, if you could book any match you wanted, your dream match, I mean, I know you've wrestled a lot of people out there, but who is one person that you would absolutely love to wrestle that would be your dream match to book? Huh, that's a tough one. And you're talking about a name, right? Like Superstar? It, It can be anybody. Yeah, anybody. Your personal favorite or whoever, right, John? Yep. Uh, I'd say it'd be a toss up between, um, Kurt Angle and Shawn Michaels. <laughs> and I'm leaning more towards Kurt Angle. Um, which, you know, you got two different versions of Shawn Michaels before he had the back injury. And when he came back from the back injury, uh, I, I feel he was two totally different wrestlers then, but, uh, I, I would have really liked if I'd have been given the time to train and, and get myself in tip top shape for him. I, I would have loved to have uh, tested my skills against Kurt Angle. Wow. And if it was Sean, would it be young Sean or older Sean? Or like, you know, the two versions of Sean Michaels, which Sean Michaels would you have chosen to face? I'm curious if that would have been your choice. Right. I think the older Sean was. Um, more of the uh, high spot, you know, bouncing off the ropes, high flying stuff. I think the uh, the second coming of Shawn Michaels was a little more technically sound. So I, I'd have probably liked to have tested myself against him on his uh, on his comeback. Whoa. Great question by you, John. As always, and my final question for you, sir, is. excuse me, outside of the sport of professional wrestling, what fires you up? What brings out that passion inside of you? What outside of wrestling makes you tick? Uh, To keep wrestling? 
No, no, no. Just like, what are some of the things that you love to do that do not involve wrestling? Is it fishing, hiking? Oh. Is it family? Oh. Is it what? What do you what? What gets? What gives you that same rush? And it may be a tough question because I think the the wrestling rush is unique to its own self. But I guess when you look at it, eventually you'll retire, and you'll have to find something that fills that void. Do you currently right. have that, or is that something you're still looking for? Uh, right now, at this point in time, it's just spending time with family, my, my my kids. Between me and the missus, she has three girls. I've got three girls. So when we have them all here together, we have six girls to chase like after. All-girl Brady Bunch. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, which I have a grown son, too, who's made me a granddad twice. Um, he, he's He's more or less my best friend instead of my son. And we love hanging out, which we meet at the gym in the mornings. That's our time together. Uh, I, I just love going to the gym, working out, and spending time with the girls. But as far as a hobby or something after I retire, uh, we got a we got a building out back that we're going to clean out and stuff. And I was kind of wanting to dibble dabble and uh, playing music again. So, um, uh, nice. like, buy me a what's new your drum instrument kit. of choice? Are you a guitar guy? No, I, I play drums. Nice. Yeah, I like to, you know, just for fun, not try to get a band together or anything. But, uh, you know, I like to play along with some of the, you know, I was an 80s hair bands guy. So I like to play along with the songs and and, and all that. And just to play music again, we're going to make uh, like my own music room and set up some different things in that building out, out back. And I don't know, something like that. I, I never was really good at bowling or anything, so I won't join a bowling <laughs> league or anything. But I just spending time with family and and stuff like that. Cool. So if your career ended today, tomorrow, next week, let's hope not, you would be content and you would find something to fill that void. Is what it sounds like to me, right? Right. And you know, um, not not to plug the book, but plug the book. <laughs> <laughs> there there are several times I thought I was done uh, with injury and doctors telling me hey you you need to call it a day uh you don't need to get back in there and risk further injury and so forth and of course uh i listened to them for just a minute then in my hard head i'm like um to hell with them they're not going to tell me i'm done yet so i got right back in the ring and like i said in the book i said wrestling's been kind of like a catch-22 it's um messed up my health and you know gotten me hurt and all that but then again it's been my saving grace so double-edged uh, sword right and if i don't know uh i i know i know that one day that i i don't want to be that old guy in the ring and the fans be feeling sorry for me like well that old guy just can't let go can he so uh, I want to bow out and, and and be done, of course, on my terms. But I want to do it before I'm that old guy trying to hang on, you know. But right now I feel good and I feel like I can still compete at a high level. So uh, we'll just see how long this last little run lasts. Well, I'll tell you what, champ. There's a lot of people looking forward to you continuing your career. And I know there's even more people looking forward to this book that you've got coming out. So I know you were a little hesitant earlier 
But man, give us all the info that we need on the book as much as you can so that people can put it like a reminder in their calendar or whatever they need to do or maybe even go like the Facebook page. What do folks need to know about the book? Because again, I said a lot of ways to define success. I think one of those ways is at the end of your life, if somebody writes a book about you, I think you probably did something pretty cool. So go ahead, Chris. Yeah, um, you know, I'm totally um, honored and beside myself that this came about. And I'm like, you know, at first my my attorney told me, he said, just start writing down in a notebook. Just start start writing it. And I'm like, man, there's got to be a catch to this. I, I, you know, I don't know if this will go through or not. It's been a year in the making. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just wrote, uh, I'm, I'm really shocked at uh, some of the events that I remember and the years that they happened. Uh, it really surprised me once I was going through and, and writing stuff. But uh, right now, I'm in the process. I was rereading it myself. Uh, John gave me the option to you know, go through there and see if there's any changes I wanted to make or if another story popped in my head that I wanted to add. Uh, now was the time to, to get it done. So as soon as I get get done with all that, then I'll get the changes or um, and all that back to him. Uh, there's not a specific date yet, but right now it's looking like the end of July. Some toward the latter part of July, it, it will be available. I know it will be available on Amazon, and uh, and I will have copies on me uh, on hand that you know that I'll sell at the events. But I'm not sure of all the other avenues that that will be you know able for purchase for sale. All right. Well, we just know that EatSleepWrestle.com is like the one-stop shop for all things John Cosper. So I imagine that's where the headliners book will be as well. And I think if you go there, the author may actually sign the book. So if you grab it from eatsleepwrestle.com and then you go see the headliner and have him sign it, then you'll have the book signed by both the author and the writer. I mean, like, or the subject. Either way, very, very cool stuff. All I can say is this. You've earned your title, sir. This feels like a main event interview, and myself, the Wrestle Talk family, my partner Hardcore Hoss, we could not be any more grateful to you. Uh, Hardcore Hoss, can we get a round of applause from the audience, please? I believe we deserve that. This has been an outstanding interview. Thank you. Good stuff. Well, headliner, before you go, two bits of business. Number one, thank you uh, and welcome. As the newest member of the WrestleTalk family, number two, how do people keep up with you? How do they keep up with your career, your show schedule? Go ahead and drop the info on them. Uh, you know, I have the, the three main sources of social media. I have a Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, I think the Instagram is uh, Chris Michael 73 It is. Which Twitter might be the same, and Facebook is just Chris Michael. <laughs> Um, I, I, I think that's, that's about the, the extent of social media right there. 
Gotcha. Um, uh, which on all those, uh, you know, on upcoming events like the first posters and so forth, I'll I'll put them on there and plug them as far as my dates and where I'm at next. Well, we appreciate that. I know also, and I know you're being a little modest here. You got a pretty sick looking hoodie that I saw on your social media. So, guys, you're looking for some great wrestling merch from a guy that has put blood, sweat, and years into the game. Make sure you look up our boy, the headliner, Chris Michaels. Chris, thank you for being here, sir. You have yourself a great night. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm truly blessed and honored. It's all respect from the Wrestle Talk podcast, sir. You have a great night. Hey, you too, guys. Thank you so much. Adios. All right, all right, JP. What do you think, man? A great hour of the Wrestle Talk podcast. Awesome interview. You know, I really enjoyed the interview with him and learning about him. It was awesome. What a humble dude. Uh, you could tell that he's a busy guy and he made time for us. So I, that's something I'm always super grateful for. But when you put that much, like I said, blood, sweat, and years and tears into the game you got to get your flowers before you're gone. It's guys like this that get honored way after they're gone, and I think getting a book, having them come on the show, and for people to find out more about him I think is exactly what needed to happen. We promise you we'll do whatever we can to bring him back on. We've gotten some great feedback already from this interview. Right, Hoss? Yes, we have. And, you know, I, I look forward to getting to bring him back and just learn more about him. It's, he seems like a really awesome guy, and... You know, I've already gone on social media and followed him, and so everybody should do the same and just learn more about him. He's really a good guy. No doubt about it. Well, guess what, guys? We got a little video that we're going to play for you as we take a quick break, and we'll be back for hour number two where we're going to break down, give you a little preview of the upcoming Wrestle Madness 2 where the Wrestle Talk podcast will help you figure out who is the greatest tag team in pro wrestling history. Boy, oh boy, I can't believe I signed myself up for this. It's going to be super stressful. But for now, we leave you with a wonderful track from our boy, Vinsanity. That's V-I-N, the number five, A-N-I-T-Y, with his song off of his new album, The Hottest in Time. I'm sorry, The City, Time, and Space. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Triple H. Drink, put some ass in my free hand Feeling like Seth Rollins, cause I'm deep, man I'm reppin' 662, I could trip by myself I ain't trippin' on you I feel like I'm one with the darkness My team stay lit regardless I can cut you off with my sharpness I just don't give a shit, I'm not heartless I'm with my squad and we mob till my gas gone My girl a freak, she want me to keep my mask on They gon' bump me even when I pass on I live life last so my life lasts long Hey, don't think that they get it Took us 10 years to get here cause we live it 
There just is no limits Pouring up drinks for my brothers and the women I'm in a club like what? Looking so tasty, bet I could fall in love if you made me. I know this is kinda crazy. We just met, but can you move it for me, baby? I'm with the bees, we can all get busy. Gather up your friends, we can all get trippy. I say you should fuck with me. And it looks that I'm right here, come and get me. I mean you're so damn sexy. The way you move it on the floor with your bestie. I can pass the test if you test me. When you're around, it kinda seem like I'm the best me. And the way that she's moving, she had me feeling the stupid. I think she knew that I knew it. And the way that I'm feeling, we get trippy and grippy. Just take my hands and we'll do it. I'm in a club like what? Do you wanna get with me? I'm in a club like yeah. Do you wanna get trippy? Triple H. I'm tripping like Triple H. Even when it gets late. Amigos, que pasa, que pasa, que pasa. We are back for our number two of the Wrestle Talk podcast, episode 352. John, welcome back, bro. What did you think about the first hour of the show? I thought we had an extraordinary first hour. Uh oh, still muted, big guy. There we go. Is that better? Yeah, much better. <laughs> Helps when you turn your microphone on. Yeah, not a bad idea. <laughs> but yeah, we had an extraordinary first hour. Absolutely loved talking with him. So it was uh, it was an awesome interview. Well, you know, here's my thing. Like when you've been in the business for that long, I think you get to a point where you're like everything becomes so mundane. It's like another interview, dude. I've done like a million of these, and I've done, you know, dude, no. That's not how you have long-term success, in my opinion. I think in order to really be able to have long-term success, you have to be passionate about what you do. And there's no question, bro, that the headliner has earned that nickname. And now he really legitimately like is headlining where he goes. He's fighting for heavyweight championships. If you guys saw the poster, you can see he's got a pretty little... I think it's the USA Championship wrestling belt that he's got around his waist. So the way I look at it is if you care about what you do... It shows. People don't have to guess. People don't have to wonder. If you're a pro wrestler, people shouldn't have like this big, like, well, I wonder what he does for a living. No. You should wear it on your freaking sleeve. And I think that that's exactly what a guy like Chris Michaels does. Wouldn't you agree with that, John? Oh, yeah. Definitely. And I, I think that uh, 
I think when you look at him, you can you can really tell that he is a pro wrestler and he enjoys what he does. Bro, and he's in a lot better shape than you or I, so obviously he takes his craft seriously. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Love it. All right, guys. So I know we skipped a shoot and shout. We were running a little low on time, so just, like, bear with us. But we do have a very, very important second hour of the show. We're actually going to be using this time to help break down and introduce what we're calling Wrestle Madness 2. Okay? So we talked this uh, talked about this back on episode 350. And based on popular demand, we are going to be doing Wrestle Madness again, hence Wrestle Madness 2. Now, a quick uh, pop quiz for you here, Hardcore Oz. Do you remember what was the topic that we were trying to crown a champion of for Wrestle Madness 1? Do you remember? Uh... I believe it was greatest of all time, wasn't it? Uh, well, that's close. It was actually the greatest of the 80s. Yeah, there you go. There it was. Now, do you by chance remember who won? Ric Flair. Woo! Good mic, huh? Woo! <laughs> there it is. What, play, what, what was that? Play it again. Woo! Oh, it just plays the music for a second? Is that what it does? Yeah, it, it's gonna... just... It's just a short clip of him going, woo! I thought it was going to keep going. By next week, I don't care what it takes, I'm going to be playing drops just like John. I, I don't care if I have to call off of work, if the kids go without eating, they can make themselves some Hot Pockets. This We're going to get this sorted out <laughs> once and for all. I don't spend too much money, damn it! Okay, anyway. <laughs> Alright, so for Wrestle Madness 2, Hardcore Haas, we're actually going to be deciding the greatest tag team in pro wrestling history according to the wrestle talk podcast so tonight we're going to be announcing 32 of the teams that have been selected by the wrestle talk podcast selection committee uh, committee to take part of the tournament uh before we go over the rules we would like to take a second and say a huge thank you to the Wrestle Talk Podcast Wrestle Madness Selection Committee. So obviously because we want this to be like about as legit as can get and we don't want there to be any bias, we that means Drake, uh the Maestro. Okay, hold on. Let, let me let me go back. It's no longer Drake, the artist formerly known as Drake Lee, now known <laughs> as as Dick. Richard Douglas, I can't even say that without laughing, I'm sorry. Uh, Nightmare Jones, uh, Hardcore Hoss, and The Night Owl. So neither of us five participated in the selection of any of the 64. Right now it seems like we're only doing 32 in the promotional poster that went out earlier. It said we were doing all 64, and I'm looking at the clock, I'm almost grateful that we're not doing all 64. But I will tell you that there are 64. 32 on this side, 32 on this side, and we, the five of us, have to make our selections until we get to one team. Now, John, without even looking at the 32 that we're going to be seeing during tonight's show, 
Are there like, is there like top three teams that immediately pop into your mind that you feel like are going to end up being in the final? Or maybe just two, just on a whim, off your gut. Well, I, I haven't seen the list, so I don't Well, you don't need who... the list. I'm talking about in the, the name, the team that you name may not even be on the list, but like, what does your pro wrestling instinct tell you? Um, I would say Legion of Doom would have to be on there. Okay, they're in my top two. Yep. Who else? Um, Road Warriors might be there. Okay, that's the same team, though. Yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> no, it's all good, bro. Live radio. <laughs> A lot of pressure. <laughs> um, Can I give you the other one that I think is going to be there? Yeah, you go ahead and give me yours. Rock and Roll Express. I think it'll be LOD versus Rock and Roll Express. Now, we don't know like if they're going to end up being in the same bracket. So who knows? This could potentially not even... They would have to be on opposite brackets in order for this to work. But in my mind, those are the two teams that immediately, like... I'm like, they have to be in the top three, maybe top five. And I love some of the suggestions I'm hearing. I'm hearing Hardy Boys, uh, Dudley Boys, uh, Harlem Heat. Dudley Boys, Hardy Boys, maybe. Harlem Heat, just for my... uh, No, Killer Bees... I don't know. This is going to be tough. So anyway, let's get back to it. Let's give some props and some love to the selection committee, starting with our buddy Tom Bohr, who also has his very own show. Uh, We will have that name for you eventually. It's not in my notes here. So shout out to Tom Bohr. Shout out to Dane McGuire from thescrap.co. Shout out to Earl Magnum. Um, Shout out to our boy DJ Money from Georgia. Um, David Buckler from Wrestling Connects. If you guys haven't looked up Wrestling Connects, they're doing something very, very good for professional wrestlers. Make sure you guys check them out. Uh, Dave Unger was also part of the selection committee of the Attitude of Aggression. Dr. Drew Abenhouse, of course, the voice of Illinois, Southern Illinois Championship Wrestling. Our buddy out on the West Coast, West Side, repping Oregon, Jeff Manning, and of course... Our uh, media relations director of Dynamo Pro Wrestling, also program director here on the Wrestle Talk podcast, the one and only, the illustrious Luke Skywalker Roberts. So, thank you guys so much for your hard work and helping us select such a great field. But eventually, I think I'm going to have heat with some of these guys because I, one of my favorite teams is going to be left off, John, and there's going to be hell to pay. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> Somebody's gonna get it. Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll see. Are, are, are you gonna be like Dick Douglas and fire somebody? No, see, but the <laughs> thing is, all right. So I was watching the show from last week, and Jeremy Carp was like, "I'm gonna give the night out so much shit. I like him. I don't know why, but I'm gonna give him shit." And then the Ethernet cable thing ended up working like freaking perfectly. From that point forward, he had like almost zero, <laughs> zero lag. So I haven't gotten a thank you yet. I think he was expecting to be able to talk trash, and then he had nothing. So, ha! Take that, maestro. Which, as a matter of fact, I think he'll be here later for the game show challenge. That should be fun. <laughs> yeah, I hear he's supposed to be popping in sometime this season. I wanted hour. him to host the whole show with us so I could trash him about it taking him six months to buy a $4 Ethernet cable. But uh, I'll just have to wait till he shows up, I guess. Well, you know how it is. It takes him three quarters of an interview to pop in, so... You know. <laughs> Is there a Gotti drop? Can I get that thing? Where? Hold on, hold on. Let me, let me try. Fired. Shots fired. <laughs> That's even better. 
God, I can't wait till my soundboard works. I could do a whole show telling you guys how hard I work for my soundboard to work, and this is all I got. And it's still playing off my uh, my secondary laptop. Ah, somebody, somebody save us. Okay, anyway, let's let's go back to the show. There it is, right? <laughs> all right, so here we go. Uh, tonight, we're going to announce all the first round matches for Wrestle Madness 2. We will not be giving you our selections. We're just going to announce the matches. Does everybody understand that? Can I, can I get a nod? Work, okay, works cool. for me. That works for you. Okay, awesome. Uh, On next week's program, we will be discussing all of these matches live on the WrestleTalk podcast. So let's not take any more time and announce the brackets. JP, make a note. We need a drum roll drop for the show. Can Can you make a note of that? I will work on that. Okay, awesome. Make a note of that so we can get that done. Uh, Thank you guys for all the comments. I would love to see more of you guys sharing uh, the broadcast as well if you have the opportunity to do so. But we got people watching on YouTube, and we got people watching on Facebook, and it looks like the maestro just came out of the closet only because his closet door is open. That's the only reason I said (laughs) Uh, Jokes for days. Oh, my gosh. You guys have no idea what the maestro is holding. Maestro, for acoustics, you might want to close that closet door behind you. I'm just letting you know right now. You might want to close that. Yeah, bro, when we bring you on, we're going to let you share that. It's not wrestling-related, but that is incredible. Like, wow. Like, you know, wow. You know how it is. You talk about somebody, and they show up. See? I know. He showed up. <laughs> Freaking maestro, we love you so much, bro. Um, anyway, so let's go ahead and continue here, and we'll bring on the maestro in just a matter of moments. So... Bracket number one. You know what? I actually want to bring the maestro in for this because I, I feel like he, he would be better off to join us here. Let's go ahead and add him, ladies and gentlemen. One of the uh, illustrious hosts of the Wrestle Talk podcast, also the proprietor of the I 70 Sports Media Empire. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, the maestro, Jeremy. Carp. Uh, gentlemen, 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 it is a pleasure to be here. And I know Jim Brown feels the same way. Thank you. Dude, thank you, you are literally holding a legend. That is incredible. My all-time favorite athlete, I'm telling you. Like, this is the reason I wore number 32 when I played high school football. Right here. This beast. Oh, I admire the picture of the, uh, the that picture that you have of the second greatest running back of all time. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. Oh, I forgot because Renee over there thinking Clyde Edwards Elaire is the greatest. Oh no, okay. no, I'm not that much of a homer, okay? Uh, I'm uh, not the one that nauseated this whole country with Gloria, okay, Mr. St. Louis Blues guy. Oh, okay. Oh you know my what? gosh. No, the, the greatest running back of all time via the night owl is sweetness. Um that's who I believe happens. And he actually has a Super Bowl in his Hall of Fame <laughs> resume. Yeah, but uh, Sorry, somebody's somebody uh, has more championships. So, uh, so you know, championship Super Bowls. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> I have a great piece of news for you, Night Owl, and for you, Hardcore Hoss, and for everybody tuning in this ooh, evening. Ooh, ooh, you finally went out and got the $4 Ethernet cable. No, because I've had this for a long time now. You made me oh. wait all this time. I could kill you right now. <laughs> Gosh, you're lucky. I'm 
200 miles away from you, brother. No, I'm just kidding. What do you got, man? Share, share, share away. So I was actually just doing some uh, work for my roommates downstairs because the maestro is all moved in. Can we get a round of applause? Yeah. (laughs) The dog pound losing it over here. Dog pound baby. Let's go. I can't wait till you start putting stuff up on your wall, bro. It's gonna. I was gonna say the right now. I'm in the office. I've gotten the room taken care of, but I gotta. I've organized the sports cards, but I'm gonna start hanging things up in the office, including Jim Brown picture. So things are gonna look nice. The only reason I'm wearing this shirt is because I basically just had to remove a doorknob with a hammer, and I ain't trying to get none of that greasy shit on my work shirt or any of my other good shirts. So I think it's good. (laughs) Well, you're lucky this isn't a a football podcast because you're getting a lot of grief right now about uh, from Rough Cut Rick Ruby here. It says, why is Bill Cosby wearing a Browns helmet? (laughs) Ouch. No. No. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. Jeremy already regretting joining the show two minutes in. No, no, no. I just regret having to deal with a rough cut Rick Ruby. But you know what? It is what it is. Yeah. Well, we're you happy know. that you're here, bro. We're happy that you're Thank here. Thank you. And it's a pleasure to be here. I'm glad to tune in. And I believe you wanted to talk some Wrestle Madness. Yes, bro. I got the breakdown. Are you ready for the first bracket? All right, I'm ready. What All we got? right, members of the Wrestle Talk fam, bam. Let's go ahead and look at. Uh, night Owl. What happened to the Night Owl? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, folks, never let somebody bitch at you about an Ethernet cable when you actually have it. <laughs> uh, he must have forgot to hook his up or something. Oh, my goodness gracious. Okay, well, I'm going to be hearing about this at the post-show meeting. So, Hardcore Haas, what is up, my friend? Oh, I'm doing pretty good tonight. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. Another lovely day in paradise. Um, I was watching some clips from Raw last night. MVP and Kofi Kingston poured their heart and souls out in an amazing promo. I mean, Kofi Kingston's definitely one of those guys you can always get behind. And which is why when the New Day were heels for a brief period of time, it was just weird to see. So I'm definitely glad they uh, took the route, made them who they are today. And Kofi Mania 2.0, baby. It's running wild. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did, did you happen to catch any of our first hour there? Or were you? Uh... I was. Let me, let me tell you something about that first hour. I was reading the comments and I was getting the messages from the guys in the back. I heard nothing but praise for how things with Chris Michaels went. So I'm definitely going to have to check the first hour back out and see how amazing it was. Oh yeah. We, we had an awesome interview. He is a great guy and look look forward to having him back sometime. So, Hey, Hey, which one of you guys booted me? Uh-huh. Hey, uh, hey, Night Owl, you know what you can do to fix that? It's not that hard, Chico. Just a little four-foot-long Ethernet cable is all you need. <laughs> Bro, have I told you how good I'm getting at throwing kunais? Have I mentioned yeah. that to you? <laughs> <laughs> 
No, what was funny is I got a message from Dick Douglas, and he goes, hey, Chico, and then all of a sudden my uh, connection failed. So I'm starting to feel like maybe I was sabotaged. Uh, he'd get you, man. I tell you, he's got it out for you, no matter what. That little punk. Well, he hasn't been here for weeks, and he's still got the audacity to disrespect the Night Owl. I can't believe it. I, I, I mean, I actually can't. That's because you're not kissing his ass like Nightmare Jones is. I'm not going to. And then and then he turned on Nightmare Jones. He did. Which he deserved. I, well, and yeah, I, I can tell you that he is not here currently to boot you off. Because if he was here, it would sound something like this. <laughs> <laughs> You're losing your mind with the drops tonight, Hoss. Losing it. Oh, man. All right, so check this out, guys. Let's go ahead and continue on here because... <clears throat> I want to get your reactions. Again, I don't want your selections. Just... I want your reactions to the teams being named. This is just the beginning of 64 teams. We're going to talk about the first 32 now, okay? And we're going to quick fire so you guys stick with me. All right. One of the first round matchups in bracket number one are the aforementioned Road Warriors versus the Nasty Boys. Then... For bracket number one, round one, we will also have the Young Bucks facing off against Ray Stevens and Pat Patterson. Then we'll have the Dudley Boys versus the Rockers. (laughs) And to finish off bracket number one, for round number one, we will have Demolition versus Terry Gordy and Steve Dr. Death Williams. Jeremy. Are you surprised with any of the teams in that bracket? You know what? There is only one that surprises me. And honestly, well, first off, we already know who Nightmare Jones is going to pick on one of those brackets, so we don't have to worry about that. But having race, or having Dr. Jeff Steve Williams and Terry Gordy on there, I mean, that is a very uh, – Hot take on the greatest tag teams bracket for Wrestle Madness. But I also do have to say I am glad the committee put Pat Patterson and Ray Stevens in there. That was one that, that's always been underlooked by or overlooked by wrestling historians. I think they got a they got a good shot to uh do some work in this. So so far, I mean I like that first first set of matchups. Okay, no major complaints. And uh, Hardcore Hoss for you, sir. Oh, yeah. The... Uh, what matchup intrigues you the most in that bracket? Uh, probably the second matchup. I mean, because that, that one seems like it's going to be the closest one for me. Okay, the second one. Let's see which one you said here. So the Young Bucks versus Ray Stevens and Pat Patterson? You think that's going to be the closest one? A lot of contrast and style there. Yeah, but the the old versus the new there that that's might make it a little harder to uh, to compare the two because of the because of such a contrast in styles. But uh, a lot of the other ones I, I think are kind of clear cut on who I think the winner would be. Not all. Can I add okay, one more it. thing on? Of course, of course. What do you got, you know, you talk about the contra- – and to both of your points, about the contrasting styles of the Young Bucks and Ray Stevens and Pat Patterson, it really is an old school versus new school. But 
recently, I mean, and I'm not talking about just in recent weeks. This is a kind of a long time thing over the past couple years or so. Young Bucks have their fair share of controversy in regards to their what people consider repetitive style. Yeah, they put on great matches for the most part, but a wrestling fan can only see so many super kicks in one match. And I think at that point, they may say, well, here, let's take a look at what Ray Stevens and Pat Patterson can bring to the table. Henceforth, they say, wow, look at the old school accolades of these guys. Tune in some matches. I like to look at Wrestle Madness as a history lesson, more so than just a tournament. It gives fans, both casual and long-term, a chance to view teams and individuals that they had never watched before or get to reevaluate reevaluate ones they've watched many times. So, yes. Absolutely. That's what I wanted to add on to that. Dude, I think you just defined the Wrestle Talk podcast. It's <laughs> like true. we talk about stuff that you may have never heard of before and maybe intrigues you enough to go check it out like the headliner Chris Michaels, some of you guys probably never heard that name. The dude's been doing work for 30 years. He was John Cena, Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton, and Bautista's veteran. Uh, good friend of Tracy Smothers. Somebody that's been doing work in the business for 30 years you may have heard of, never heard of before. Boom. You get it here at the Wrestle Talk podcast. Much like what we're doing here with Wrestle Manage, Jeremy. I think you make a great point. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, thank you, sir. All right. Well, let's go ahead and continue down this list. What say you, gentlemen? Let's do this. I'm, I'm excited. All right. Bracket number two. Round one, the Hart Foundation. I want to see facial expressions and reactions here as I sound these names off. Give me thumbs up, thumbs down. But don't give it away. Don't give away who you're going to vote for eventually because we still have to do that. All right, so the Hart Foundation versus Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo. That's a toughie. Then you have what I consider to be the core of DX, Shawn Michaels and Triple H, Versus Scott Hall and Kevin Ash. Oh, oh, what? So early on, either DX or NWO is going to be out, like in the first round. Oh, this, that should be good. Oh, geez, Louise. See, like I told you, I'm going to have beef with the committee, bro. I'm going to have Jeez. beef with the committee. <laughs> All right, here we go. It doesn't get any easier, gentlemen. The Steiners versus Professor Tanaka and Mr. Fuji. And then the final matchup of bracket number two, round number one, is the Hardy Boys versus Kane and Undertaker. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. All right, John, I'll start with you this time. I'll start, and I know you're itching, uh, Maestro, but I'm going to start off with uh, a hardcore hoss here. With half of the 32 names uh, announced already, or teams announced already, are there any teams that you're surprised you haven't heard mentioned yet? That's for you, uh, Hoss. Um, not right off the top of my head, but you know, it, it seems like some of these matchups, though. I tell you, I don't know. They're going to be tough, and uh, with some of the teams that are going to get eliminated in the first round, yeah, you know, there's only one thing to say. Fuck you, bullshit! <laughs> Damn it, John! I'm so jealous. I want, I want drops too. 
Oh, man. I'll get this figured out eventually, y'all. We'll get you All right, uh, Maestro, your question. Um, what teams have surprised you so far for bracket number two? I should say you've heard all of bracket number two. What what team surprises you the most out of that that collection of uh, tag teams? As far as making it onto the bracket? Yeah, yeah, let's say yeah. that. Professor Tanaka and Mr. Fuji. That one right there. Like, that immediately caught my eye. It kind of harkens back to the uh, Ray Stevens-Pat Patterson discussion, but on an even more extreme level because... You don't think they should even be in the bracket? I think... I'm I'm, I'm sorry, I don't mean to put words here. No, you're fine. I have to hear the rest of this bracket, of the whole other bracket, and then... I'll say for so, myself because right now. Oh, okay, so here, here's my thing. Like, I go back to what you said. Like, that makes me want to go and research. Right. Uh, Toru Tanaka and Mr. Fuji. Like, what is it? Something that I just don't know? Am I ignorant on this subject, or is my instinct telling me that they don't belong? So that's that's what I was talking about before. Like, it, it helps you want to go and find out more. Is that is that a fair yeah, statement? No, that's exactly it. It's you know trying to find out more and seeing if they are truly worthy, because obviously the committee, whether you love them or you hate them, you know, I mean, obviously in your case, you don't really like them, <laughs> but um, whether you love them or you I don't like them as a whole. Individually, they're great. <laughs> whether you love them or you hate them, you know, these guys put a lot of time and research and effort into these they tag do. teams. So when they put a team in there that, you know, either of us, or, you know, anybody in the Wrestle Talk podcast audience are not familiar with. Like I said, you want to go under, like, look into what made these guys deem worthy enough in the committee's eyes to be in this tournament. So that's my biggest surprise in the entire tournament. And, you know, with halfway through, I'm just pissed. Man, the Harveys and Kane and the Undertaker, really? <laughs> Oh, the committee is evil. And by the way, we have their names and we know where they live. Yeah, so, that's you know, we can hunt down the committee. Just because I look, so no. but they have a very difficult job. Just let's I let's all agree. Minutes on that. farther from where I used to doesn't mean I can't get there any less faster. Calm down. <laughs> Gotta relax, my friend. All right, last question before we move on to the next bracket, and this one's for you, Hoss. Which matchup in bracket two intrigues you the most? Again. Hart Foundation versus Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo. Shawn Michaels and Triple H versus Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Steiners versus uh, Professor Toru Tanaka and Mr. Fuji. Or the Hardy Boys versus Undertaker and Kane. Which one intrigues you the most? Uh, probably Scott Hall and Kevin Nash uh, with that matchup there. Yes. Yeah. That yeah. just That's going to be a hard one to pick. It really is. Both of them just... Uh, they, they did a lot under those with those tag teams and both tag teams are so notable and it's really going to be a hard one to pick it absolutely is all right well with that said let's go ahead and move on to the next bracket how about, man it's like getting better as we how go about along. we get this one more uh one more thought on things and bring mr nightmare jones in dude i dig that if he can get his camera settled and he doesn't have his like cat or uh, some weird stuff going on in the background. <laughs> I think we'll let him in. Jonesy, better better late to the party than not showing up at all, right, Daddy? 
I know you can see me. Just settle your camera, bro. Settle your camera somewhere. There we go. He's coming back. Yeah, my guy. Yeah, message him real quick, uh, if you don't mind, Hoss, and let him know we just need him to set his camera down in one spot and not walk around, and we should be able to get him on. All right, cool. With that said, let me go and jump into bracket number three because we want to finish up on time today. Maestro, be ready for this first matchup because I think your head's about to explode. So round one, bracket number three, Edge and Christian versus the New Day. I'm done. Maestro's leaving. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Josie, we want you back, Daddy. We just need you to make your presentation look good, Daddy. You know how I am. We got to make sure we look sharp. There he is, Josie. Jonesy, oh, Jonesy, let's bring him in, let's bring him in, ladies and gentlemen, the originator, the creator of the Wrestle Talk podcast, the very first host in Wrestle Talk Pad history, and uh, quite frankly, probably third or fourth in the most handsome guy on the show, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only from the FWWC, Nightmare Jones. What's up? What's going on? How's going What's up, handsome? How's everybody doing? <laughs> Again, man. We're great, man. Thanks for joining nice us. Nice to see you. It's going to be a lot of fun. You all were talking about this Wrestle Madness, and you can't have talk about Wrestle Madness without having Nightmare Jones. Now, come on now. I completely agree. What do you guys think? I mean, I he is the OG of the WTP. You got to have him on for this. Gang, gang. <laughs> I love it. Jonesy, are you ready to keep going with this Wrestle Madness? Let's go. Let's do this. Oh. All right. Let's keep this party going then. All right. So let's get back to the list here. Here is the first match of bracket number three, round one, in case you guys missed it. And again, we're not making our selections right now, Jonesy. We're just discussing the matchups. That's it. Okay. You got yep. that? Cool. All right. Match number one, Edge and Christian. Versus the New Day. Ooh. Okay. Matchup number two. The British Bulldogs versus Midnight Express. <laughs> wow. That. Okay. All right. And now I want everybody to be sitting for this next one. And Jeremy Carp, no sharp objects. You got that? Okay, yeah, he just... He just put down his snow globe or something. Right. It was a screwdriver right. I was using downstairs. Okay. <laughs> I knew you had sharp objects in your hand. Okay, here we go. The Fabulous Freebirds versus the Von Erics. What? How can you do that? No! 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 And for the sake <laughs> For the sake of our committee, we will not be publishing addresses. <laughs> Says the <Nino. laughs> Except mine, of course. Right. All right. Uh, last matchup, round one, bracket number three, the Wild Samoans versus the Sheep Herders. Okay. All right. All right. So first question goes to you, Nightmare. What matchup intrigues you the most? Out of bracket number three, which again, Edge and Christian versus New Day, Bulldogs versus Midnight Express, Freebirds versus Von Erics, Samoans versus Sheep Herders. Which one intrigues Free you? Freebirds against the Von Erics because not only are they two great tag teams, but these two tag teams had 
great, great feuds together. So, I mean, man, you could not have, have picked it both more perfectly. So, that was going to be a, a tough one. So, check this out before I move on to the next question. Early in round one, we will either lose DX or NWO, the Hardy Boys or Kane and Undertaker, the Hart Foundation, Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo, or we'll lose Edge and Christian or the New Day or the Fabulous Freebirds and Freebirds, I'm sorry, and or the Von Ericks. Many, many would argue that those teams probably have a chance of all being in the final. And half of those teams will be gone by the time we're down with round one. Maestro, how does that make you feel? Oh, I'm hurt. I'm hurt because, you know, to reciprocate off what Nightmare Jones said, the Freebirds and the Von Erichs, in my personal opinion, had the greatest feud in the history of tag team wrestling. Because it was not it was not just because both teams were beyond unbelievably talented, it's because both were in an era where they truly made the fans believe the reality of what was going on inside the ring. I mean, they the sportatorium was always fill, filled to capacity. I mean, they were WCCW. The whole, I mean, and, okay, so that's my big one. But then you got Edge and Christian. You got the New Day. You got DX, and then you got the NWO. I mean, these are all innovative tag teams. Kane and the Undertaker, the Brothers of Destruction. They're innovative because, you know, it was at the height of the Attitude Era, and you saw these two brothers that were feuding teaming up, and you're wondering who can stop them. So, yes, Every tag team night out that you just mentioned, in some way, shape, or form, was innovative to the history of tag team wrestling. And they could all win a tournament if they were in the right spot. And it's heartbreaking that a decent amount of them won't make it past round one. It, re- it is. Very, very tough. Uh, same question for both uh, Hardcore Haas and Nightmare Jones. Let's start with you, Haas. What do you think about that, man? We're going to lose some of the greatest tag teams in pro wrestling history right off the bat. I know there's no perfect way of doing these brackets. The NCAA has trying to, been trying to figure out for years. The NBA has been trying to figure out for years. So there's no perfect way of doing this. But I think this is the most sensible way. How do you feel knowing that we're going to be losing some tremendous teams so early on? You know, it's like Jeremy said, it's absolutely heartbreaking to see some of these teams go out in round one uh, with the contribution that they have made to tag team wrestling. Uh, Tag team wrestling would not be what it is today without a lot of those teams that are uh, put together. And it's going to be hard to pick. It really is. And uh, so I, I look forward to seeing which ones make it, but... It's really going to be a tough decision. No doubt about it. And we would absolutely love to hear from the members of the WrestleTalk family as well. Jonesy, same question for you, bro. How do you feel? It's got to be a little tough to see some of the 
the favorites going out so early. We don't know who just yet. We none of us have cast our vote. And again, for the record, the committee is completely separate from the people that are making the selections. We have our committee, who we'll thank again at the end of this broadcast. But then we have us, the hosts, that'll be making the picks. That's uh, Dick Douglas, Nightmare Jones, the Maestro, Hardcore Hoss, and of course, yours truly, the Night Owl. How do you feel about that, Joe? Man, you know, there, there's so many good tag teams that are going to be taken out, but, you know, it it is what it is, and by the end of the night, we're going to have one tag team, and I already know who that tag team is, but I'm not going to say. Oh, nice. I like the confidence, Jones. Absolutely digging that. Hmm. All right, so let's do this. Let's go ahead and move on to the final bracket of round number one. You guys, you guys want to do yeah, that? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and do that then. All right, so we have the Rock and Roll Express versus the Hollywood Blondes, Brian Pillman and Steve okay. Austin. That's a good one. Team number two, bracket number four, round one. The Mega Powers versus the Funks. Ooh, okay. Matchup number three, Harlem Heat versus Eddie and Chavo. Okay. All right. And the final matchup of these 32 teams. Again, we have a 60-14 bracket. This is just half. Round one, bracket number four, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard versus Jack and Jerry Briscoe. Wow. Okay. So, without a doubt, making these selections is going to be very, very difficult. Let's go ahead and start with the Maestro. Maestro, out of this bracket, what team surprised you the most? Uh, That is a really tough one. There was a lot of interesting ones. All very deserving. Again, Rock and Roll Express versus Hollywood Blondes. Mega Powers versus the Funks. Harlem Heat versus Eddie and Chavo, and Arnon Tully versus Jack and Jerry Briscoe. I'm gonna. I, I have to go with as great individual performers, two of the greatest individual wrestlers of all time. I'm surprised that the Hollywood Blondes are on there. Okay. And like I said, it's nothing against either Steve Austin or Brian Pillman. It's nothing against them as a tag team, but. When you match them up, they're, I feel like they're more notable just because of who they became as singles wrestlers. Not so much. I think that's fair. I think it's just because, hey, this was what Steve Austin did before he became Stone Cold Steve Austin. Hey, this is what Brian Pillman was wrestling, who he was wrestling with and what he was doing before he became the loose cannon. That's how I look at it. I mean, and one thing I noticed... And that uh, bracket four for round one, how many family members did you have? You had the Briscoes, you had Los Guerreros, and you had the Funks. And, and Harlem and Harlem Brothers. And then on top of that, you had two guys, them being Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage, who were arguably the two biggest stars in the WWF at the time of them being the Mega Powers. That's why they put them together at that time. Mm-hmm. So the most unforgettable handshake in history. 
Oh, right. dude, <laughs> getting the chills all again. Right. So, <laughs> Sorry. To have, it's my childhood, bro. Exactly, man. And so, out of all of them, those legendary families, and then you have the mega powers. Like, you just got chills when we talked about it. But do you get that type of vibe when you just talk about the Hollywood blondes? When you talk about Stone Cold, yes. When you talk about Brian Pillman, yes. But the Hollywood blondes, that's my that's my only that's my surprise in all this. Okay. Gotcha. Well, Jonesy, next question for you, man. I know this is really, really hard because we did Wrestle Madness one where we picked the greatest wrestler of the eighties, and I know we had a lot of knockout, drag out, hair drags. Yeah. Get it, get it. <laughs> hair drags. Hair pulls. Don't buzz me. <laughs> all right, so let me ask you this then. We asked Jeremy who surprised him the most. Which match intrigues you the most? Um, the Mega Powers match, more definitely, just to see where everybody's going to go. But my number one question is, where's Demolition in this uh, tournament? I know that there. Well, bro, there's a whole other side. Okay. <laughs> All right. I knew it. Jones, if you didn't include Demolition, so. Right. Well, I'll tell you this. That's actually the next question, and it was meant for uh, for for Haas, but I've got another question for him. So yeah, go ahead and answer that one, Jonesy. Is there a team that you feel like you haven't heard named yet that you feel should be besides Demolition? The, Legion, uh, the uh, hold on, who? Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors. Legion. Okay, they were part of bracket number one. They were it was the Road Warriors versus the Nasty Boys. So you came in slightly after. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So who else? Um, the Brainbusters. On Anderson. Oh wow, and, great team. Yeah, on Anderson and uh, Charlie Blanchard. K Name Connection, Rick Martell. <laughs> Man, this. Well, you know what? There's only 32 slots left, Joe. So like me, I'm sure. You're going to find something that you're going to want to pick a bone with with the committee. So we'll, we'll wait to get there, and if we get a chance to host next week, I'm sure we'll get a, a plenty of heat going towards the committee because I was talking to Skywalker, and uh, I'm pretty sure that with a 64-team limit that there's going to be some team that we feel that should have been on there that's not on there. Like for me, one of my favorite teams ever is the Briscoes ROH. Are they going to make this bracket? Oh, man. I don't know. Here's one I thought of. Uh, one more quick. What about G.O.D.? Gorillas of Destiny. Right. New Japan Pro Wrestling. They've held the IWGP Tag Team Championships more than any other team in history. In, Are they on this list? The, and if they're not, somebody's getting hurt. Enzo What would you say, Joe? <laughs> Enzo and Cass. <laughs> hey, here's one for, that I thought of. What about Rocky Johnson and Tony Atlas? Oh, see, oh. All right, well, let's let the man get in here because we're we're all talking over each other now, and I love it. I love the banter. Them boys, I gotta put up that message real quick. Oh man, Johnny, what's up with them boys? Yeah, John. A lot of information. What do you think about this final bracket? It, it's filled with a lot of talent, a lot of family, a lot of controversy. What are your general thoughts on bracket number four? Because it's a good one. Tough one. It is. It is a tough one. And there's going to be some close calls in this one as well. And, you know, just I don't know how things are going to go. Um, 
it, it just really is going to be a tough bracket to choose from. Give us a strong take here. I'm going to put you on the spot because you, you're very you're, you're very politically correct, and we're going to have to kind of break you out of this mold. I'm sure you'll agree with me, Maestro and uh, Jonesy. We got to get John to give us like a controversial answer. Because he's very, very down the middle. And when it comes to entertainment, baby, we need the heat. We need you to have a strong take. So I'm going to ask you this question. If you had to remove one of the tag teams from bracket number four, what team would you remove? Mm. Probably be the Hollywood Blondes. I would take them out because it's just like Jeremy said. I I don't think they were notable as the Hollywood blondes as they were individually. Um, exactly. So I, I think that if there's one tag team in there that that uh, I would take out would be that one. The Hollywood blondes. I, and I think what Jeremy said was 100% accurate. The fact that they had such an incredible feud um, as rivals of each other really helps the aura of their tag team because I'm not sure you guys can look it up if you want did they even ever win tag team championships I don't believe as so. a team um they were very the reason they were split up was because I mean they weren't really considered you know as a top tag team and you know they talk about this on the dark side of the ring with Brian of Brian Pillman and, you know, like you said, Night Owl, that rivalry being renewed between the two of them really is what adds to the aura of them. You know, it's because it's almost like it's a reversal of what I consider um, of the Rockers. Because Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty were a great tag team, won championships, were at the top. When they broke up, Marty Jannetty's career started to decline. Shawn Michaels rose to the top. Hollywood Blondes, to the top. both of them were just were, were stagnant, but when they broke up, when they were split, they started rising to the top, and look where both of them, you know, are in wrestling history. Indeed, and perfectly said, my friend. Well, as we close out tonight's episode, let me once again say a huge thank you. Any shade, I promise, is just like work shade not shoot shade if that makes any sense uh to the selection committee for putting together this great tournament tournament field for us um i know it's been a little tough a lot of teams that are controversial a lot of teams that we feel like we haven't heard about yet that we maybe think that they should we want to know what you think the members of the wrestle talk family hit us up on social media do you agree do you disagree with us about what teams should come on and off do you feel like a team should have been named that you haven't heard already? Um, in general, tell us who you think is going to win these matchups that you've already heard about. Uh, we're big about giving prizes out here, so I promise you, just like we sent out that Zack Ryder picture and that NWL t-shirt, and we give away that Funko Pop and all this awesome stuff that we do for our listeners, make sure you guys let yourselves be heard on all of our social media platforms because if we catch you and you're interacting with us, you may just walk away with some pro wrestling swag. Don't we love to give stuff away, fellas? We love to do stuff for the WrestleTalk family, right? Oh, yeah, right, always. absolutely. I have the uh, yeah, answer well, to your question, Night Owl. What, what's that? 
<clears throat> the Hollywood Blondes were the NWA Tag Team Champions one time, the WCW World Tag Team Champions one time, and named Tag Team of the Year by Wrestling Observer in 1993. That's their accomplishments. That's that's more than what I thought. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be honest. Same here. I'll, be, I'll give them that. Wait a minute. I, you know what? Two- Two of the biggest companies in history, they were the top guys, so maybe they were more top guys than what we realized. Two of the top uh, accolades and WCW. (laughs) Okay, well, there you go. I had to say that one. Um, (laughs) Well, wait, there is. All right, again, the committee. Luke Skywalker Roberts, Jeff Manning, Dr. Drew Abenhouse, Dave Unger, David Buckler, DJ Money, Earl Magnum, uh, Dane McGuire and Tom Vor, thank you guys so much yeah. for being part of the committee that helps together that list that we are calling Wrestle Madness 2. I, I don't have many hair follicles left, gentlemen, but I think by the time this is over and done with, I'm going to be at zero. So prepare to see me in a bunch of nice new fancy hats because I'm going to become the hat guy. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> All right. Gentlemen, anything else you guys want to touch on or hit on before we do the sponsors one more time and close out tonight's show? Um, I do want to say that Dashing Donnie Diablo's comment I was looking at for quite a while because, yeah, what about the gangsters? I mean, come on. Mustafa and New Jack, baby. Go extreme. That's how we roll. But, uh, no. Um, in all seriousness, I was grateful to be on tonight. Um, it's been kind of a hectic, you know, few days. I mean, it's been hectic. Congratulations, bro. Thank you, man. I really do appreciate it, you know. New digs, baby. For anybody who's moving for the first, who move, remembers moving for the first time, that's what I'm going through right now. So it's it's really nice. Still got some things to unwind. But once this office gets set, I am so looking forward to it. And it's always a pleasure to be here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. And all I got to say is, WrestleMania 2 is going to be even better than WrestleMania 1. Yes! <laughs> JP, final thoughts? Yeah, I'm really excited for WrestleMania 2. Excited to uh, to get into the voting and see who people think should be eliminated. And it's really going to be interesting. So I'm excited for that. But uh, one thing before we go, we do give Dick Douglas a lot of grief on this show. And not that he doesn't deserve it, uh, but he does, you know, we really do have to give a shout out to him and everything that he's doing down there at uh, Rhodes Academy. And if you haven't seen it, be sure to check out on YouTube. He does have a promo out there on YouTube. So, you know, go check it out. Give him some love on it and just help our boy out. So, well, you know what? I think that that's what we should play to close out today's show. Do you guys want to see the Dick Douglas promo? Oh, um, sure. For, yeah, for, any, yeah. for anybody who hasn't seen it. Yeah, I, let's I do it. Great. Oh, yeah. And by the way, if I sound a little slow, it's because my audio is trash. And I'm quite frustrated by it. Um, but we're going to keep working on it. The sponsors are helping us. Dave Ruby is helping us. We've got Ethernet cables now. We're doing big things over here, baby. <laughs> yeah, actually, with my headphones on, I'm hearing right. you in the left, but not in the right. So. 
See, my and anybody that out. knows for I got all this new stuff that I don't know how to hook up. And anybody that knows the night owl, would you say? Jim? I was gonna say like you said, you can hear him in the left, but not in the right. Yeah. Well, anybody that knows the night owl, you would think it'd be the other way. Think about that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, nothing like a good political joke to close out the show. Let's go, baby. <laughs> I love it. Hey, can I get a shots fired? I like it. Yeah. Shots fired. Shots fired. Uh, bang, 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 bang. Nothing but love for all of them. That's the beauty, baby. 40 countries. Yeah, no, you're right. The, the 40 countries, different people, different backgrounds, different skin colors, all types of wrestling shit. That's what we do here, baby. Episode 352 of the Wrestle Talk podcast. Blessed to be of service to you, gentlemen. Thank you, guys. Jeremy, thank you, John. Thank you, Jonesy, for joining us. Thank you to the headliner, Chris Matthews, my son for putting the sign together, and my beautiful wife for allowing me to be loud for two and a half hours every single Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. Ladies and gentlemen, we present to you the Richard Dick Douglas promo from the Rhodes Wrestling Academy down deep in the heart of Texas, courtesy of your servants here at the WrestleTalkPodcast.com. You guys have a good night. Check it out and enjoy. Peace and love, everybody. Have a good night. Adios. It's growing. Want to get away to the pristine beaches of Hilton Head Island, South Carolina? Southwest is now. No. <laughs> Hell no. Good afternoon. I'm very pleased to announce to you just how successful our campaign has been in just such a short period of time. It's no surprise. We're still leading in views by a lot. We've been seen in five countries, each state in the union, because of you. We have let the world know that they need Dick. But you know, some news came across the desk today that's very troubling that I had to address very quickly. As you know, we've been campaigning for this main event, but now a match has been set by the elites. Dick Douglas is now going to be facing Corey Cooper, or as you know him, bro. You see, Corey Cooper is a man that's a fifth year senior in community college, a guy you can say bro, but can't spell it. A man who in 15 years, when he's at a bar hitting on the bartender, will pull up YouTube, will search Rhodes Wrestling Academy, and show her him and his glory days. This is a guy, let's be honest here, it's a guy we wouldn't let in our house, let alone clean our pools. Corey Cooper might know how to wrestle, but you trust a man that measures success by how long you can do a keg stand? Is that somebody you... What's up, bro? I got your invite to the party, dude. <laughs> um, look, man, I know we're wrestling at the showcase on July 24th, and I'm freaking hyped about it, dude. But I'm so glad you invited me to bro down and party with you, man. Where's That's my awesome. security. Your security? I don't know. I think they tried to stop me, but I just like gave them a couple of beers, and now we're good. <laughs> so listen, look, uh, the party. I mean, you don't even got beer dye here, so it's kind of lame right now. But you know what, dude? I'm here to grow down with you, so we can get together and we can wrestle on the 24th, man. Cheers. I'll drink to that, bro. 
You know what? Yeah, bro? Awesome, dude. <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, bro. Party foul, dude. What? Come on, man. <laughs> Do you not like my beer, dude? That's kind of messed up, bro. What the hell is this? It's Cory Cooper beer, dude. You made this? Yeah, man. I'm kind of I'm gonna need a doctor. Like it, bro. I'm gonna need a doctor. A doctor? You know what? I used to date one of those, but she told me. You know, I'm sorry. I'm not giving you a lot of courtesy. We do have a match the 24th. Is that for your doctor? Oh, no, they're not playing. Uh, over here. Yeah. We have a match the 24th, but you know, I yeah, think we need I'm hyped about it. Oh, well, that's really cool. Yeah? Well, right now, you know what? We should celebrate a toast to this, okay? But you know. Yes, dude. Awesome, bro. You know, I actually, I think I have a funnel over there. One of the oh, staff. Oh, you got a funnel? Yeah, I got my staff. bro. This is going to be a sick. Let's get the funnel. Oh! Enough of the games, bro. I'm Dick Douglas. And on the 24th, I'm not going to approve a message. But I'm going to stand up for everyone that's gotten swirly in high school. And kick the jocks' ass once and for all. I'm Dick Douglas. You need me. And I approve this message. God damn it. <laughs>